0: Correct, on Earth. What's my name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 29th episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of UK Zone Galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD. One month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering 2080 Star, 2080, and Star Lord for January 1979, progs 94 through 97. Uh, This time, Strontium Dog ends after a strong opening, and we get halfway into the jet-based thrill angel. This is also our first uh, twice-a-week episode. Oh, snap! Everyone gets a treat. We're hoping to uh, keep posting these guys uh, two times a week, so this one is on Monday, and then the second one is on Thursday which should allow us to get further and further into the 2080 catalog as quickly as possible because wow, these 1979 ones are cool. Man, I really want to get to um, stuff in the 80s. That's where we get like all your your judge deaths and your nemesis <laughs> is the warlock and your rogue troopers and Jeez. your slains and all kinds of stuff like that. Plus, you know, there's close. so much
1: like boring stuff that happens all day. Having two x of the podcast you like to listen to, just saying, Woo. it's a gift that keeps
0: on giving. Exactly. And speaking of gifts, <laughs> One, Judge Dread. Oh, you you stuck the land. <laughs> Do my best. Uh, So, script robot is uh, John Wagner, writing is John Howard. Art robots is Brian Bolland, Mike Leach, and Mike McMahon. Cleggs! Oh, my God. There's so many of them. But first. uh, Dreads on the run with a bunch of instructors from the Academy of Justice. Or, no, not on their run. They're actually on the assault They're fighting their way through the city, rebelling against Cal, taking out judges, and uh, arresting looters, which I kind of like. You know, their revolution is for the law, not against it. So if you're a looter, then you got no place with Judge Dredd.
1: And this absolutely has no bearing on the fact that Star Wars was this exact
0: same setup. What? Almost. They, They tell looters not to loot in Star Wars? I don't remember this.
1: Well. I guess not the verbatim I, mean, I, still, I think they got this idea off Star Wars
0: okay <laughs> I'm <laughs> I mean, not look, gonna uh, all the alligator man I'm not gonna disagree with you but like this I mean I think we've talked about previously how it's sort of inspired by Caligula and I in, uh, I Claudius I know, and things know, like I that know. and so you know a Roman emperor bringing in for like insane foreign troops to um, help put down a local rebellion seems in keeping with the concept is what I'm trying to say but so we're getting ahead of ourselves because the uh, renegade judges led by Judge Dredd have trapped uh, Cal in the Justice Department headquarters, and Cal seems pretty OK because he's hired the Cleggs, a race of warlike gator dudes, to break up the rebellion.
1: Uh, and he's being pretty serious. They've just they're giant bodied men with big alligator heads, scaly yeah. hands and claws.
0: Yep, and they are paid in meat, uh, any oh, kind gosh. of meat you like. Uh, Although chop. it is a,
1: it is kind of advised that you don't feed them humans. Yeah.
0: Well, just so they don't get a just so they don't get a taste of you for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Anyhow, the rebellion is broken, and dread and dread and the instructors beat a hasty retreat, and the uh, and uh, as punishment for the revolt, Cal decides to execute. Everyone in Mega City won. Yeah. Uh, everyone? Yeah. It's going to be nice and orderly, though. He's going to start in Sector <laughs> One, which is like somewhere in Michigan. And uh, oh, they'll, they'll execute everybody in alphabetical order, starting, starting with Aaron A. Aardvark and working their way through to Zachary Zzzz. What kind of a name is
1: Aaron A. Ardvark, anyway?
0: Well, I mean, I'll spoil you a little bit for the next, um, <laughs> the next storyline. But in fact, he had a regular name, but he changed it to be first in the uh, first in the phone book. <laughs> so the executions begin. Cal is overjoyed at his act of incomparable tyranny. But man, just working their way through everybody one at a time was gonna take forever. <laughs> But oh my god! They do have everybody just kind of lined up and being like dragged into execution chambers or something like that.
1: <laughs> well, he slaps a guy like the first dude yeah. because yeah, that's like, a, that's Aaron A.
0: Ardvark. He like yeah, he's uh, like, like I don't want to die, and he's like oh my god, like you insolent fool! You aren't happy to die? Get out of line! You're going last now. <laughs> Which, <laughs> but I also like how all of the um like. All of the oddly-dressed judges, like Quincy, who's been forced to be in his oh, underwear, yeah. or the guys who um, who let Judge Dredd go and had to wear like funny costumes and stuff. They're just sort of scattered around the periphery of this, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. They're his favorite judges. They're just being punished.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, we see one of uh, Cal's lieutenants, Judge Slocum, uh, uh, leaving for the—or— uh, about to leave for the execution site when he gets picked up by a car with Judges Dred and Griffin inside. They give Slocum an idea for stopping the executions, and as we soon see, Slocum arrives at the execution site with... The dead body of Judge Fish! No! How Judge could this Fish! Have happened? Uh, Slocum convinces Cal that Fish died spontaneously at the start of the executions. So... Basically, if judges execute uh, if judges execute citizens, then judges will die as well. And Cal's just superstitious enough to believe it. Yeah, he's pretty um, nuts. Yeah. So judge. So Cal ends the executions, and he holds a grand state funeral for Judge Fish, which no one comes to.
1: <laughs> and uh, he's pretty pissed.
0: Yeah. He shoots Cal, out a building. Cal swears to make everyone suffer. Uh, next up, Gr- uh, uh, Grampus, the head of the, of, the, of the Clegg Detachment, is made the <sighs> new deputy chief judge.
1: Which, and, you know, worst
0: choices, I guess. Eh, and pretty much everything is made illegal uh, in, in, in the city. <clears throat> city folk try to leave the city, moving out to mutant lands, and Cal forbids this. And uh, he basically drafts the entire megacity into building a massive wall along the western border.
1: He After, like, killing a bunch of citizens enough to actually physically drive them back into the city, then
0: conscripts them. Yep. <laughs> it's nuts. Despite Dred's best effort, the wall is built in the, in a matter of weeks, but the underground resistance continues. Gra- Grampus offers to help finding Dred by unleashing the Hounds of Clegg. Doesn't sound good. And he does. The hounds of Clegg are lizard dogs that can track people by taste, and they're after Dread.
1: But if they track them by taste, how will they find him? Oh,
0: you know. You find feed- some... Yeah, you just feed them <laughs> some leftover Dread stuff, buddy. <laughs> this tastes like Dread. Yeah. He got some clo- You know, clothes from his locker. They taste that, and they're like, all right. <laughs> then um, they the trail ends because you got into bikes. They eat some of the asphalt that had the tire tracks on it, and they track <laughs> the tire tracks. Eventually, as um, things start to get weird, start start to get tense in the dredge in the judge's stronghold. The dogs attack! Oh gosh! Oh
1: jeez! And one goes like, well. Somebody just straight up dies, gets eaten up. Yeah,
0: Kobe will get eaten. Uh, ju- one of the hounds bites Judge Dredd's arm up to the shoulder and like whips him around by th- whips him around by it. Which damn okay. fangs like a vice. Judge Dredd is gone. Is done for. Next next episode. Slicey, slicey. Oncey, twicey. <laughs> You really wanted to say that, huh? I'm gonna say it again next week. Um <laughs> But that's just dread man. It's uh things looking bad, man. These clegs are no good.
1: The things are getting weird. Like I love how once again, this is like we just got back from the cursed earth. This has gone from like a an assassination, right? Yeah. To like, full, crazy-ass dictatorship to alligators raining from the sky.
0: Something <laughs> to that's those Im- alligators yeah. having dogs. Something that's important to remember about Judge Dread is there's this whole space part of Judge Dread that, like, doesn't come up all that often, but when it does, it often gets real crazy real fast. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like, we'll kind of see Clegg's on and off from now on um, in Judge Dread, just when they go off and do space things or there's diplomacy with the Klegs and other things like that. Jesus.
1: I, there's just like, I don't know, it. it's so bizarre right now. Yeah. <laughs> and no. uh, I'm, I'm okay with it getting a little bit loopy. Like, he, he brings everybody up on this kill assembly line, places a wreath
0: of flowers on them, <laughs> And then sends them to their death. Like, Cal's insanity especially really elevates all the actions of everybody else involved in this. Just because he's so ridiculous and over the top that... um... It makes it okay to just be ridiculous and over the top. It's just like it makes it—it it, it means that everybody else's standards are, di- are different because, like, what you're going to be like repressed and like and like subtle when cows out there being, you know, employing fish as deputy judges and then holding funerals for those fish? Like, no, man, you gotta <laughs> you gotta up your game, you know.
1: Well, it's funny because uh, he's not imprisoning them anymore.
0: Nah, now he's just straight up uh, executing people. It's good times. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, it's super awesome and whatever. But yeah, you know, I mean, okay, I just want to say space stuff for Judge Dredd, very interesting. We're going to see more space stuff as time goes by, especially 1980 when we get to the Judge Child. Oh, it's going to be oh, good man. times. Things for the memory books. I'm excited books.
1: just for like the idea of a... Uh... Of like a prophesized judge,
0: baby. Yeah, man. And hey, speaking of good memories, real two Robusters. Ooh. Script robot for Robusters is Pat Mills. Art robot Mike Dory. So stupid meatballs. All this month, um, is a uh, Rojas's memories of his time <laughs> as a uh, as a free robot. So buckle up. Because this gets weird also. <laughs> we'll remember last time that his memories ended with him being hauled off to robot prison for befriending, like, a tramp and letting the tramp live in a rich guy's house, like, sort of for, for the night. And Robot Jail's really just kind of crappy. <laughs> Rojas, yeah, so Rojas is in jail. He's got his new buddies, Mad Jock, who, who cooked people into pies, We need to lifestyle yeah, style. And- yeah, because he didn't want to kill sheep and stuff.
1: He's like, why should I have to kill this thing that's never done anything to me? So, like, people went missing, and I definitely didn't do it. Hey, fair and enough. It's weird about pies. It's meat pies, man. It's very implicated that he fed people people.
0: Oh, it's... I mean, he yeah, I'd go for it. Yeah, it's very Sweeney Todd again, you know? Yeah. But my favorite thing is right at the beginning of this where Mad Jock is in the uh, prison, and they kind of yell at him, and he says, no prison holds, Mad Jock! Which I thought was <laughs> pretty funny. Rojas's other cellmate is uh, Ginger, who is a cab robot who basically runs around and then carries dudes on his back uh, piggyback style.
1: Which but just seems uncomfortable for a like. It
0: taxi. seems like a, a weird way to get around, especially when... In this case, things can happen like in this case where Ginger fell off the side of the road into the water and the passenger drowned and Ginger got blamed for it after being left in the water for a long time. So he rusted irreparably and stuff. Jesus. But anyhow, Mad Jock is a kerosene based or alcohol. Alcohol can use alcohol for fuel. Mm -hmm. So they brew some high test prison wine in (laughs) Rojas' belly basically using him as a still which then they then give to mad jock and he's able to escape
1: uh by jumping like well yeah Yeah. by punching some dudes and then jumping over a wall because he's super buff
0: yeah it's pretty cool but then a month later he's returned and after a brief stand a brief stretch in the uh fear much feared cell 101 he's fully compliant and without personalities Rojas and ginger are worried but soon to be released jeez man it's pretty dark yeah dark this is stuff. there's some dark stuff yeah for sure so rojas and ginger are released from jail uh, R- uh Rojas bumps into a human or a hume as they always call them which I think is funny and basically um, a crowd forms to uh, lynch Rojas essentially like yeah it's real bad like pulling electric leads out of the um, out of a street light to electrocute him to death basically yep and only the timely intervention of a human eyewitness saves saves Rojas who happens but, to be a
1: striking resemblance
0: to a yeah. certain president. Well, that eyewitness turns out to be George Washington, leader of the robot resistance. And he's oh, actually man. a very like realistic android robot or whatever. Anyhow, so saved Rojas and Ginger go to the robo-unemployment office, <laughs> where uh, Ginger gets a job as a removal agent. While Rojaws, yeah, so Ginger gets a job as a removal agent, Rojas gets a job as a grave digger. As he freaks out widows visiting graves uh, and collects wreaths around town, he uh, bumps into a bank being robbed, and the robbers are led by George Washington. Oh, snap. As the robot police show up, Rojas leads the three human-type robots into the sewers to escape because sewer escapes are a key tactic for any 2080 hero. <laughs> and
1: just like every 2080 sidekick, people going to complain.
0: Mm. So in the sewers, George Washington gets shot. And <laughs> the uh, the gang escapes to the even deeper sewers, coming out at the graveyard <laughs> where Rojas works. That is the sewers of the sewers. It's totally true. Uh Meanwhile, the other robots named after famous freedom fighters like Winston Churchill, Oliver Cromwell, and Napoleon. Which is, is Winston
1: a, Churchill a freedom fighter?
0: Man, none of those guys are freedom fighters. This is a joke. <laughs> oh, but I'm... Um, I mean, I'll, you know, I don't want to get into politics, whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's a joke because they don't actually know stuff. They just sort of are, are posers, basically. Yeah, got you. Um, and like Rojas is like, hey, I saved you guys. Can I join the resistance? And they're like, you aren't nearly. You're like a crazy. You're like a trash robot, Rojas You aren't cool enough to join us, human type looking robots. Get out of yeah, here. Pretty much. Um, we see George Washington's gravesite, and the flashback. The year of this flashback is confirmed to be 2065. Hooray! Which is Snap. 15 years before current Robusters, and you know whatever, 35 years before Judge Dredd, etc. Mm -hmm. So, while digging graves, Rojas befriends a girl named Annabelle, and her parents buy Rojas from the gravedigger. The two become best friends, but her disapproving butler bot, Mr. Pie, is having nothing of it. He's scheming to get rid of Rojas. And he's super weird,
1: like, real, like, I don't know, he's very pro his own slavery.
0: Look, like take um, Samuel Jackson from Django Unchained, and then multiply it by like Snooty uh, Jeeves uh, Butler guy, and you got Mr. Pie. Yeah, pretty much. That's his math equation, buddy. <laughs> so in the final memory, uh, Annabelle goes off to. Off to school, and while and while she's gone at boarding school, Mr. Pie sells Rojas to a jerk at a building company. Total when,
1: jerk move.
0: When Annabelle comes home, they tell her that sh- that Rojas ran away, and things are pretty bad for Rojas. He's working on Christmas, where he bumps into Ginger, who's clearly, like, dying, and we possibly see Ginger's body being dragged away by the robot scrap collector. Ugh. Eventually though, Annabelle comes and saves Rojas. Hooray! <laughs> and Yeah, she called total bunk on the whole pie situation. Yeah. We end these memories with a happy Christmas scene, and then back in the present, Miss Marilyn, the human secretary of um Robusters, is crying over Rojas' bittersweet memories. But and now it's ti- <laughs> now Hammerstein's
1: it's ti- <laughs> like, why? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Hammerstein does not is a not impressed. <laughs> But anyway, that's enough of memories. Now it's time for some current Robuster action. Next episode, the Terror Max. Dude, it's pretty great. But I'm, uh, I'm I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, I like these. I liked Rojaz's memories a little bit more than Hammerstein's. I think maybe mm. just because. Um, the robot prison is really insane. Just it really in like, is. Like Mad Jock yelling at people, and um, all this bureaucracy around robots and things is sort of interesting. Just in a um, like, what if we actually had robots that were like kind of sentient and stuff? Like we a couldn't... room that you could send them to that makes them completely subservient. But I mean, you couldn't just like kill them out of hand, right? Because. They kind of have thoughts and feelings and stuff, so you've got to set up an infrastructure of, of jails to put them in, of employment offices to get them jobs Ugh. and stuff, so they aren't just unemployed. I don't know. It's a we. It's an interesting like setup for what these robots are. They aren't just like a tool or something. They're actual have. To, they're acknowledged to have some kind of personality or um, like you know will to live on their own. That's kind of unusual, I guess. As far as I've seen, they've just been second-class
1: citizens, But the inability to potentially, like, lash out, right? Some of them get all messed up and will lash out, but very few of them ever do.
0: But, like, even a second-class citizen seems like an upgrade for a robot, which is essentially um, a machine... (laughs) <laughs> that fair sort enough. of has some programs on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm saying, like, while they should be treated nicer, it's interesting <laughs> that they've actually upgraded these, like, you know, they've upgraded their these iPhones to actually be <laughs> a citizen, a, a second class citizen, which That's fair is enough. bad, but it's some kind of citizen. I don't know. I don't have any sympathy for these evil ro- anti robot guys. It's just sort of a, a, an. Interesting thought experiment of what would happen if we actually had, like, you know, real artificial intelligent robots everywhere. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, one of the things that I did want to point out is that uh, I'm pretty sure none of the other robots call people meatballs. Just Certainly.
0: him. <laughs> just Mad Jock or just um, Rojas? Just
1: Mad Jock.
0: Yeah. Mad- uh,
1: Rojas says Nurk and Hume.
0: Yeah, he uses he he's got a lot of sort of mo- uh, Cockney insults. I think Rojas does. Yeah. yeah, No, Mad Jack calls people meatballs because he's a freaking murderous pie maker <laughs> man, man.
1: <laughs> and uh, just you know, really wants to make
0: people into pie, So he, only, he denies making people into pies in only the most perfunctory sense. Like, no, I didn't kill anybody and make them into pies. <laughs> That said, these guards are being real jerks to me, and if I had my butcher knives with me, I'd totally kill them and make them into pies.
1: Which used to be his fingers. <laughs> yeah. His fingers all used to be knives.
0: Man, all this talk about meat pies is making me hungry, Fox. Oh yeah? And you know what, what that mean- and you know what that means. <laughs> Thrill three flesh book two. All Flesh This Week is uh, written by the script robot Jeffrey Miller and the art robot Massimo Bellardinelli. All aboard the SS shit gone wrong. Saucy sailor, buddy. Uh, (laughs) But this month starts with a brief commercial for Trans Times Seafood Special. And we see how (sighs) it's made, which is basically by adding a ton of slop to random fish parts. Tasty. Yeah, not but great. But right, right now there's too much slop being added to the fish parts. So the Ugh. guy running the slop hose, our buddy Peters, gets sent to clean the above decks instead. There he bumps into Mad Gunner Ben and hangs out with a blowtorch guy who is immediately <laughs> attacked by a swarm of pterodactyls. Well, only because he torches one with like
1: a laser torch. It's pretty awesome. And the dinos is awesome. are generally getting restless. Yeah, so of course they're just straight up going to murder all the people with funny hair.
0: Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Claw Carver, uh, Carver volunteers to lead a sub to take out Big Hungry, who's he's saying is causing all this mess. He uh, recruits both Gunner Ben and Peters to go with him because they're still the best gunner and fighter in the Triassic period. Also better to keep an eye on that guy. Yep they quickly find big hungry who is fighting to the death with a swarm of giant scorpions and like underwater i don't, I don't do a lot of the big um of the uh, next prague ones as we go from issue to issue but in this case the next prague one is uh, screamers die first which i thought was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> So it's the war with Big Hungry, man. Uh, Gunner Ben sets off an explosive charge a little bit too close to the saucy sailor, which is the ship that Carver commands in. And so Carver steps in. He orders a nearby fishing uh, trawler to drop its net. It's a huge net full of fish on top of Big Hungry, which sends Mm -hmm. him to the bottom of the sea forever, killing him forever. Uh, LOL. (laughs) Meanwhile... (laughs) (laughs) The crew goes ashore at Big Hungry's place to find the gold, and when they do, oh geez, they're attacked by a Sinogathus, which is a crazy lizard dog out for human flesh. Yeah,
1: it's just, it doesn't matter where you go, like, land or sea, these things are gonna eat you,
0: man. Yep, uh, Carver takes it out pretty easily. With his giant claw hand. Yeah, as Big Hungry eats his way out of the net, and he's out for blood even more. Meanwhile, some random dude finds the gold at last, and Carver kills the guy who found it. But he's witnessed by Peters, his big nemesis guy. The two of them them start to fight, even as Big Hungry arrives on the shore. Ultimate showdown! Which, once again, next
1: Prague. Aw, snap.
0: Yeah. uh, Gunner Ben saves Peters from Carver and Big Hungry by firing a shell at them, and the three of them escape as Big Hungry attacks. Carver's put in jail, and the station manager, uh, Gross, makes a big speech about how Atlantis base is um, impenetrable and will soon be proven wrong. Meanwhile, Big Hungry... (laughs) Every (laughs) controller does this so far. Yep. Meanwhile, Big Hungry fights a sweet duel against another Nothosaur for control of the pack of Nothosaurs, and Claw Carver starts a big jailbreak. Um, you know, with the promises of gold. And Big Hungry leads his new pack of Nathasaurus against the station. Everything's grown great for Peters. <gasps> it en- This this month ends with Big Hungry assaulting the outside of the station as Carver leads a riot through the inside of it. Carver kills a bunch of dudes and takes over the main area of the uh, station, including a pretty sweet kill where he pushes a dude into the giant gears that yeah, run the ship. Yeah, that was awesome. The ship, and dude gets... Uh, Real crushed, ground up
1: and killed and stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> you just see his hand as it's being crushed by
0: these two giant gears. Yeah. So eventually uh, Carver takes control of the station. He grabs Peters and sends him out to walk the plank into the jaws of Big Hungry. Which uh, is not too great for you, man. I feel like he's just going to get eaten. Yeah, things are coming to a head in Fleshbook 2. There's only two more progs of flesh Two fleshbook oh,
1: damn um this is like almost beat for beat the <laughs> same thing
0: i mean the big difference is that big hungry is just leading a crew of other Nothosaurs against the base as opposed to old one eye that led basically a rainbow coalition of every single kind of um angry dinosaur against the <laughs> trans time base in Book one
1: well, you know, she was a progressive candidate for eating humans.
0: I mean, listen, uh, well, one eye could attract a broad coalition. Meanwhile, Big Hungry just sort of has his one demographic, but he's extremely <laughs> popular within that one demographic.
1: <laughs> it's true. Only one person is, or one monster has tried to face
0: up against him, and he totally lost. I mean, he takes out, he took out his early opponent, and now he's uh, steamrolling towards victory. That's how it goes, you know? Hey, man, when there's flesh on the table. <laughs> the popular narrative will have you think that uh, Big Hungry won't be able to win this fight, but I wouldn't put anything past him. He might have some unusual moves left up his sleeves. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it sure fucking
1: Peter's. <laughs> it's true something terrible is going to happen to that man because he's trying to do the right thing in the world of trans time yeah no that's a
0: that's a good way to get if not killed at least put in jail for the rest of your life which is also fun God. Anyhow, yeah. Characters. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's move on to non-thrills. Nerve center and Rojas and Hammerstein's laughing. Which this one starts with. It's bad, but then there's more. It's like, whatever. Um, in Prog 94, most of the letters are ratting out Rojas and Hammerstein for calling Tharg old green Bons. I'm told that bonts means head in British. I'll believe that. Um, <laughs> At the Laugh-In, at the end of the prog, they take letters and show some, like, small comics that are kind of disturbing, actually. Like, there's one where a guy shooting a rifle into his chest, like, using the trigger with his feet. And it says, my feet are killing me, which, like, seems to be depicting a dude committing suicide, which is kind of, like, dark, I guess. (laughs) Um, and then Tharg jumps in and sentences Rojas and Hammerstein to destruction by a mechquake, but then relents at the last minute. And I just think it's really funny how resigned Rojas and Hammerstein are when they've been sentenced to destruction. They're like, oh, well, I guess that's, we're dead. Been a good run. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, see you later, Rojas. It's just so very, like, normal for them. <laughs> yeah. In Prog-95, there's a pretty good picture of a Star-Lord-Tharg hybrid. And mm-hmm. the most of the letters are about, um, or most of the first page letters are about the merging of Star-Lord and um, 2000 AD. Uh, Both but,
1: that it is good and that it is bad. Yeah, there are, are positive
0: and negative takes. Also, uh, David Humberstone of Sheffield really liked the 1979 AD annual. Disagree! <laughs> yeah, strongly, child. Get out of my comic book. In the laugh-in, there's more hostile letters towards the bots, and then some pretty sweet robot pictures from various readers. The issue ends with an awesome pinup of Judge Dredd by Mike McMahon.
1: Yep, pointing at you so that when you hang it on the wall, you can remember not to do anything illegal.
0: Exactly. In Prog-96, there's a picture of a spaceship that I think may be traced, but I'm not sure. Then there's letters about getting, about not getting letters printed, which is a pretty common theme among Nerve Center um, letters. Like a letter being like, "I've written you ten times, and you haven't printed my letter, and I don't think you print real letters." And then Tharg prints that one, and it's like you're <laughs> just uh, encouraging people to be whiny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the in the laugh in, there's a pretty good um co- like kid drawn comic strip that has Dread crawling through the cursed earth begging for water, but then Walter shows up instead, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Also, this episode contains something that's called a flesh file, which appears to be a uh, a, a set of 3 mini comic books that appeared in the middle of the pages of these progs from 96, mm. 97 and 98. Um the, ver- the 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 copies of the comics that we have here don't have them included, and I really tried really hard to look around the internet to find um copies of them, and I've seen individual pages, but nothing more than that. I have um, made some... I, I have, however, uh, purchased actual promics, and I should be getting versions of these by the time this show comes out, and if so, then uh, right now, Fox and I will do some secondary podcasting, talking about watching these Flash Files, right? Hell yeah. Now! <gasps> okay, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Also, at the end of this prog, it's the start of a series of diagrams documenting the vehicles you take to a holiday on Mars. Starting. Okay. Oh, I was
1: just going to say, like,
0: that room looks super boring. Well, it starts off with a future car that you drive to the spaceport, which has, like, it basically looks like a living room with wheels around it. It's got, like, some sweet recliners and a coffee table and
1: stuff. It thinks that I want good conversation with the people I'm going to the airport with.
0: Wow, that's 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 kind of dark too, honestly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> In prog 97, there's a picture of a sweet future rifle and this one I I am very skeptical that it was kid made. Um oh, the letters sweet. It's yeah, it's just like it's a picture of a gun from like a magazine or something like that if you ask me. Yeah. Letters ask for more future sports and Alan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Alan Hamill of Lancan of uh no sorry of Lanarkshire <laughs> writes a short story um in your classic uh, these hostile aliens are actually super tiny kind of situation, you know. Womp womp. Oh, uh, we got aliens, but they turned out to be really small. Bam 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be bam, bam for that. Okay, that's fine. Well I guess I a kid it. wrote it. In the laugh end, there's a really awesome like clay model of Hammerstein by Michael Stevenson of Sheffield, and I think it's super-duper awesome.
1: It looks very accurate,
0: actually. It's one of the best um, like art projects of a 2000 AD character I've ever seen, honestly.
1: Blech.
0: Awesome. Um, also, there's a lot of teasing about the upcoming Terror Mechs story next, Prog, and this is a good call because Terror Mechs are awesome. in the holiday on mars we got a diagram of a cloud liner which is a future plane to take you from london to florida to get on the space shuttle and okay i does look awesome i have problems with this thing because oh really Well, okay, it's a cruise liner with, like, um, cabins with bedrooms and discos and things like that. Mm -hmm. But that shouldn't be needed in a craft that can go Mach 3.25 and has a range of 12,000 miles. Because 12,000 miles is basically um, the entire, like, half the circumference of the Earth. Which means that it can go basically anywhere on Earth in about five hours. Because... Uh, Mach 3.2 is um like 2500 miles an hour
1: so maybe instead of like getting seating room you just choose the cool cabin you want
0: to be a part of for your like time I'm just saying that there's no reason to have like cabins like you're gonna be there for multiple days you know even yeah. if you fly to the opposite side of the earth you're gonna be on there for five hours <laughs> all right like London to new to uh Florida is like th- it's like you know only a couple thousand miles. You'll get there in like an hour or two. So you don't have to settle down. You don't have to settle in. There's no reason to unpack. That's what I'm trying to say. Despite the fact that they seem to have unpacking um, setups there. Anyhow. Oh. That's <laughs> yeah. Very. Oh my god. It's just really overbuilt. You know, it's a pretty shocking development. And speaking of that, thrill for future shocks. Oh. <laughs> Oh, All right. no. Four future shocks this month, Fox. Are you ready? Bang, bang, boom. Prepare your air horns. Right? <laughs> First up, there's Cold Kill script robot Mike Cruden art robot Gary Leach. It's about a hunter dude. He's in a frozen wasteland, and he's attacked by wolves. He fights them off and takes his uh, the spoils of his hunt home on a canoe. He takes them home to... Oh, Big Ben, where a group of survivors now lives as part of the frozen post apocalyptic London. Oh, the world's frozen and all that stuff. Bah, 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 bah,
1: bah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing.
0: Uh, then next up, Brain Drain. Script robot S. Moore, art robot Ron Tyner. So, okay, there's this guy, Fox. <laughs> His name is Arnold Quigley Jones, and he has disappeared. How? Well, let's flashback. Um, he's a brilliant astrophysicist with a wife and a son. And after getting zapped by a green light by some men in black, he goes out to walk the dog and gets picked up by a UFO. The, uh, the, on the UFO, the aliens tell him that they travel the stars, uh, taking the most brilliant mind from each planet to join their crew. Is Arnold interested? Of course. They do. Yeah, man. He feels pretty smart. Yeah, they do a minor operation to help him survive on the ship, and they put his brain into a silly looking janitor robot because even the most intelligent human is only good enough to mop floors for the aliens. Ah, oh, we're dumb primitives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next next up the end of the universe? Script oh, robot GP Rice, Art Robot Brett Ewens. Okay, so there's two astronauts. They've been traveling to the end of the universe, but they get woken up to find out that the universe, even though they've been traveling faster than light for like many years in cryostasis, they still find, they wake up and see that the universe still stretches out infinitely forever, and they decide to abandon their quest to find the end of it. But buddy... Even our infinite universe could actually just be a drop of water that is being seen by an even bigger, equally infinite universe that's being looked at through a microscope by an weird alien school teacher to a bunch of bored alien school kids.
1: Whoa, man. Bah, bah, bah.
0: <laughs> Nothing matters. It's an infinite universe. It's all meaningless. Bah, bah, bah. Jeez. Last up is uh, Dear mum script robot, John Richardson, art robot, also John Richardson. Okay, so there's this dude. All right, Fox. Oh, God. He's writing a letter to his mom. He's yep. been sentenced to, to 20,000 years in exile because he killed somebody after his people discovered the secret of eternal life. Oh. 5,000 years into his exile now, and he's built a sweet stone mansion to avoid the powerful radiation of the alien sun where he lives. And it turns out, oh, geez, he's Dracula. Oh, er, forever.
1: <laughs> Dude, it, uh, it's pretty bizarre. The,
0: I, don't, like, I don't understand where the fangs come from of this guy being Dracula. That's my big problem.
1: Uh, maybe his people have fangs. Possible. No one's really got a lot of their mouth open. But uh, I applaud this last one, not not just for being like the goofiest, um, but also for not using nearly as much words as the other ones. <laughs> Fair. I appreciate yeah. seeing my
0: comic book also. It's mostly just sweet pictures of this guy building stone houses and uh, fighting dogs for their skins. Or fighting wolves, like, <laughs> I guess. But, hey, speaking of dogs, Thrill 5, Strontium Dog. So awesome. So, Str- Strontium Dogs, um, script robot is John Wagner writing as TV Grover, and the art robot is Carlos Escara. And the dogs are adorable. It's the assault on planet Rog. The bomb's been set, and now the boys are under attack from space troops. <sighs> uh, Johnny Alpha reveals his sweet space gun that has three barrels, great for shooting multiple woolrogs at once. Hell yeah, man. There's a pitched battle, but as our boys try to bug out, Wolf's foot gets caught in the great (sighs) work of the planet. But not a man to leave him behind. No, Johnny frees him, but only the timely intervention of of their ship, the shadow that they're borrowing from the uh, Sandorian Empire, saves them. Because it's the fastest ship in the galaxy, if
1: people That's, don't remember, it travels like um, what is it the speed of
0: light effectively? Something. That, that sounds right, I believe. So um, the idea
1: is that it, it can come it can stop at any one position and just yeah. like snap into warp.
0: Yeah, snaps, stops on a dime, super acceleration. Back on board the ship, the crew rockets away from Rog as the entire planet explodes. Nothing within a thousand miles could survive. Whoa. The Woolrog menace is destroyed and in payment, Johnny, Wolf, and the Gronk are given ownership of the Shadow and its crew. ghost one of those two um it's it seems cool but a sweet ass super fast space cruiser is way too flashy for a pair of bounty hunters everybody could see them coming and they wouldn't be able to catch the bounties so instead they return the ship thus saving a galaxy free of charge which damn man yeah but that's it for um strontium dog it will return in Prague 104 in march I'll miss you, Strontium Dog. You're amazing. They'll be back. Prague. They'll be back. Episode after next, and then they go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, oh, actually, speaking of the opposite of hell, oh, thrill six angel. Angel's script robot is Crib Stevens. The art robot is Charles Pino. Uh, you can't hear me
1: frowning but if i could make a frown noise i'd be
0: making one <laughs> all right so raf test pilot harry angel is flying an experimental computer jet type sh- like type plane but then the electronics shuts down He's got to eject, but he can't because the plane is diving straight at a school building. So instead, he takes this plane in for a crash landing. He wakes up, and he's basically okay, but now the computer from the jet is lodged all over like his right side shoulder
1: and arm, basically? Yeah, like melted into him and then joined into his
0: nerve endings. Yeah, he's got kind of a, basically a tech tattoo kind of thing. Hey, like those cyborg stickers. Actually, pretty similar to those cyborg stickers from Prague <laughs> two a thousand years ago. Uh, um, <laughs> it's it, it's not hurting him, but now he's getting computer signals from everything, like that cause him to run over and fix the life support system of the guy in the hospital next to him, in the hospital bed next to him, because uh, it's malfunctioning somehow. And he just
1: knows how to fix it, which apparently just- is like. Three years of training.
0: Uh, yeah. So I guess the ship's computer is still working while embedded in Angel's body, and it thinks uh, Harry Angel is an advanced spider fighter jet. <laughs> and
1: fighter jets know how to fix uh, machines of this caliber. So Yes,
0: they just don't have the hands to do it. But it gives uh. him tons of physical boosts, and ba- basically he just got a bunch of hyperpuncture. <laughs> I don't, Hyperpower what? from hyperpuncture.
1: What? Mock, Man. An- Mock no Angel,
0: <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> but like more, he's like Mach 1, but a, a more plainy, I'd say.
1: He's like if um, if the prince from
0: Invasion
1: didn't have any like point of saying anything, so he just said bland
0: things, and then became Mach Man. <laughs> he's definitely uh, bland, yes. <laughs> So, Angel walks outside and he sees a 747 taking off and hey, it turns the out the president's plane. And it's Air Force 1, but then his uh, plane senses are tingling and he realizes there's something wrong with it. He <laughs> snags <laughs> a pilot. Sense. Yeah, I don't know to, I don't know what to say. He says no, like, "I got got a feeling that something's going to happen to that plane. I got to intervene." Um so Angel snags a pilot and a jet and they fly towards Air Force 1. They got to save the president.
1: Yeah, and he's like holding the plane guy hostage with like a,
0: a wrench or something. And he kind of yells at the plane, at the pilot, to do some wacky plane stuff. And he's like, "I didn't know these planes could do that." And he's like, "I did, cause I got a computer plane computer built into my shoulder, man." And you know, uh, you'd
1: expect that that would be like his specialty is knowing what a what a jet can do.
0: Maybe. Something. But so Angel ejects from the fighter, and he lands on Air Force One's wing, and he climbs through the door there.
1: Which punches a guy.
0: Oh, yeah, punches a a Secret Service guy. And he's like, hey, don't be so gung-ho, Mr. Secret Service man, just because some random dude just ripped open the door of the president's plane as as it's experiencing engine problems.
1: Yeah, and then run past the president and all of his generals who are like, "Whoa, dog!" and go straight to the cockpit.
0: Are you yeah. worried
1: yet? Are you worried?
0: So, so he does some like more kind of plain mumbo jumbo, like all the. I don't know what this plane stuff is. I assume that it's just kind of gobbledygook in the same way that they talk There's about. Some kid um, in the
1: nineteen seventies who actually really likes planes who found this amazing. I'm
0: sure that's that's true, but I think mostly it's just like rerouting tachyons. Through the, and reversing the, po- the polarity of the deflector shield on, like Star Trek, of uh, 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 the next generation, you know. I
1: appreciate so much of what you just said.
0: I'm just saying that it's just sort of mumbo jumbo and a bunch of button presses that saves the day. But mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't count on this to work if you're actually in a plane situation.
1: <laughs> so if so, if you're if you're flying Air Force One right now, um, I like Conrad and I really all of Space Spinner 2000 would like to dissuade you uh, from using this prog uh, for
0: information on how to land your plane. Eh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, uh, the president... Um, so the the plane lands, the president's like, hey, this hair, I like the cut of this hairy angel guy's jib, and he orders him to help out with an experimental space fighter program over the objections of the brass working on the program. Well, over
1: the objections of the brass, who I think are the British half of the program.
0: Yeah, no, it's just the, well, like, the president's funding it, or the U.S. is funding it, but these guys, the brass that he yells at are definitely English guys. It's so bizarre. Angel's moved to some sweet new co- new quarters, and as he goes to sleep for the night, a shadowy figure threatens him as he sleeps. What does he threaten him with, Conrad? Well, basically, someone sets a bomb off in Angel's apartment, so Angel, <laughs> at the last minute, jumps out the window in his briefs, so this progs for the ladies. <laughs> uh, Angel's techno- technological abilities allow him to basically, uh, gl- you know, his... The plane computer sort of thinks that he's flying and helps him come in safely for a landing, despite falling three stories. Yeah. <laughs> then, he, then he runs back into the apartment building to save a kid that's been left inside the burning building. Hooray!
1: And I think was the only one left. Either that or the rest of the kids it don't matter.
0: Don't worry about it. Um, two hours later, Angel has to do some jump testing. He leaps from 30,000 feet with a bulky parachute. But then, as he tries to open it, it's been sabotaged. God, this is just Mach 1 all over again. What will he do with no parachute next episode? Hitchhike at 20,000 feet. Doesn't that just...
1: That just gives it away. Why would you even name it that?
0: Shut up. (laughs) Hey, that's it for thrills this month, Fox. What were your top and bottom thrills this month? January 1978. Um, oh, they're all so wonderful
1: and terrible in their own way. Uh, clearly my top thrill is Angel. <laughs> Bold choice by Fox. It clearly could not stick that landing. Um, God, Flesh is just so much the same. Uh, honestly, I think it's going to go to Robusters for my end. I really enjoyed the, uh,
0: Really, really enjoyed the uh, Roja stories, just because it went all over the place, you know. Yeah, it definitely. You as opposed to Hammerstein's memories, which are just sort of war stories. This, these really sort of <clears> took <throat> you all over the world of uh, 2065 England, you know. And it, yeah, and I think it sells you a lot more on like how shitty
1: everybody, including say androids, even treat robots, right? Yeah.
0: No. Oh, I should probably mention just for continuity purposes that during Rojas's flashback, he and Annabelle did watch um, a Harlem, at least one Harlem's Heroes match, mm-hmm. um, which seemed to be from when the hero from the heroes before Artie Gruber became a uh, murder cyborg. So who knows what the timing for all this stuff is? It's complicated.
1: Very. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, last <clears throat> month Fox. Uh, It is 100% Angel, which is so much like, uh, um, I appreciate, there's not, uh, there are more words than I'd like, not as much as has been the worst before, Um, but it's like, they were like, I think, let's do Mach 1 again, but then they didn't know how, and he could just be doing airplane stuff, um, and that would be interesting, I guess, but instead he's a Mach man. But he's not a Mock Man. He's Angel. It's bad. Yeah. Um, anyway, how my about bo- you? Top and my, bottom?
0: My bottom thrill was also Angel, and I disagree. If he just did plain stuff, that would be incredibly boring. Um, <laughs> it remains incredibly boring. This knockoff. <laughs> Mock Man is a knockoff of the $6 million man. Angel is a knockoff of a knockoff. His oh my pla- God. plane-based technological abilities are lame, and I don't <laughs> like Angel very much. Um, we've seen three Angel episodes, there'll be two more next week, and then that's it for Angel, uh, pretty much forever. Is it more short-lived than, um, The Visible Man? Visible Man had six, this one has five. Oh, damn. Suck on um, that one, Angel. Yeah, shots fired. Um, <laughs> top thrill. Top thrill. Judge Dread, man. I, yeah. Basically, until, um... Like April, I want of this of seventy nine. I'd say for the rest of Judge Cal. You know, I said in a previous episode at the start of the Cursed Earth that basically for the next six months, uh, the my top thrill was Judge Dreads to lose. That includes the Cursed Earth through <laughs> Judge Cal. We're still in Judge <laughs> Cal. You know, the uh, Rojazz's memories are cool, but not as good as the Clegg stuff. Um, oh God. Yeah Strong, I mean, team d- Strong Team Dog was good, but there's only one episode of it, so exactly. it wasn't enough to break in, you know. Um mm-hmm. future shocks are very future shocky this month and not that super <laughs> but fine. Pa- passable future shocks. Yeah, Um you know, Flesh feels like they're just Uh don't get they me ju- They're just sort of doing the same story with Flesh, you know, and I wish they'd done there was more st- it feels like there aren't too many stories to tell with Flesh. Which is sad. It's
1: it's not even the direct story because there's, like, Peter's came in so late into the game. Like, I don't care about that character. Yeah, they didn't.
0: They established him super late and it feels like, you know, he, and like, I don't find Claude Carver charming enough as a bad guy for me to root for him as an anti-hero all that much.
1: No, like all the things he's doing, great
0: anti-hero stuff, but he's just
1: like... He's not slick. He's just, like... He just kind of kills know. people, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, you could get away with uh, if you if you just changed it, right? Like, what if he was the one leading the dinosaurs because he's become crazy and killed the queen? Or who cares? Yeah. Like, make it yeah. outlandish.
0: Yeah, it's fine, but it's, yeah, he's not... Um, he doesn't have enough to make me want to see this guy succeed, which you kind of need for... I don't know. I'm not a huge Clock Carver fan. Neither am I, man. It's but it's lift. not as bad as Angel, because Angel is bad. Um, <laughs> like, disappointing but passable, like Flesh 2, is not as bad as just bad as Angel is. <laughs> Which it's, it is just terrible. It's bad. <clears throat> yeah. So, I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or our podcast site at com. Feel free to contact us us at SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com or on our fancy Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're SpaceSpinner2K. Everything else, just look up SpaceSpinner2000. We should be there. Tune in this Thursday as Dread heads to the Big Smelly, Angel Bails Out, and Flesh Swims Out for the Last Time. Aww. The Robusters meet the Teramex. and yeah, the trium- yeah. it's the triumphant return of Dan Dare and Robo Hunter. Sweet, and just general festivities for us reaching Prague 100. Oh my gosh! Ah, oh, so excited. Until next time, I'm Conrad. He's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. When Doug Ring. Birth ring.